Hey, what's up, guys? All right, so I am really excited to hop on here today and share with you a very longtime friend and one of the absolute best salesmen I have ever met in any industry. Um, and we'll give you his background in a second. But Justin, thank you so much for coming on here, brother. Great to be here. I've been watching your podcast, really enjoy them. Um, universal truths that fall into every aspect of business. So when you're talking, I think it can help everybody. Yeah, thanks, man. And we've had kind of a unique back and forth for, uh, we met for the very first time in 2014. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been 2014. Uh, so I was just getting ready to open up my gym. I had just left uh, the special operations community. I was contracting at the time, just left Afghanistan, had showed up back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. I literally had signed this lease. They got the dumpster delivered. Uh, and I went in and I was like framing out that gym literally by hand in my very, very startup phase. Um, and I'll let you kind of introduce it. So you, you had found out what, that I was somehow I was coming into town via Facebook post or something like that. Uh, yeah, I was at, at another CrossFit gym and I think like, you know, it started bouncing around the community. Hey, there's a Marine coming into town and he's building a CrossFit gym. And I was like, well, that's where I got to be. So I, I resigned actually because I was on the coaching staff of another CrossFit gym and I explained to them why. And they were like, oh, okay, we understand, you know, your loyalty to the Marine Corps. Um, and then it was, it was kind of not clear when you were going to open. And I was like stuck in the building. I was driving by it <laughs> trying to see <laughs> when the sign was going to go up. And then obviously uh, we drove by and your car was in the driveway and there was lights on. So I, I told my, uh, my, my partner, Julie, I was like, we're going in. And I, I just rolled in at like in the dark. And what time was that, by the way? I don't, I don't know, around seven, eight o'clock at night. No, it was dark. It was definitely dark. <laughs> and it was the summer. So I'm going to say it was nine o'clock. All right, maybe even later. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, the most uh, the, the most gentle looking person. So me rolling in, you, I could de definitely tell, you know, your radar was going up on who the heck is this guy. And I was just like, hey, man, I want to turn some wrenches and like get this gym started. Yeah, and to frame this even further, guys, so Justin shows up, rolls in hard. You were driving that little VW race car you had at the time, I think. Yes. Yeah, it was my middle. We rolled in hard, and, I, and I've got a makeshift scaffolding that I have literally built out of two-by-fours, put together, cross braces, just looking like it's going to fall apart. And I'm up. I've got a like one light bulb hanging, and I'm, I'm literally framing in stuff. So I'm putting up two-by-fours, got the nail gun, putting everything in there. See this guy pull up middle of the night and I'm like, and I've been back from Afghanistan for all of like five days, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what do I have here? I've got a crowbar, grab a crowbar, come on down. And I'm like, this guy clearly is getting ready to rob me, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is where my mind was instead of, hey, this is another human uh, that's a like-minded soul that's come here to help me. Uh, <laughs> I went yeah. on the defensive but that was our very first interaction. Yeah, and I'm glad we didn't punch each other in the face. It was it was great. Yeah, we've been close friends ever since, really. Yeah. So you I'd ended say. up, uh, and this is probably not the way to do it, but you ended up being our very, my very first employee uh, by accident. I was not intending to hire somebody at that early stage, but you volunteered. And you're like, I just want to be part of this uh, and and come alongside you here, which was incredible. Yeah, um, I don't know if you remember too. You brought me onto the staff, and then you had to go to a seminar and leave town. Like within, it, to me, it seemed like within a couple of days. Maybe it was a month or two. 
but you were like, all right, here's the keys and here's the whole jam for a week and just good luck. <laughs> I mean, you fret me. <laughs> That's true. It was the very special operations way of doing things. You're fully trained up now. Yeah. You've watched me do one. You've done one. You've back briefed me on your class and what you're doing. You're yeah. ready to go. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I was fortunate enough and I've learned much better over the years. Um, but I was fortunate enough that you are you and you were able to handle that really well. So I, <laughs> that's that's how we've known each other for so long. And then uh, I lived with you in the very condo that you're sitting in right now for what, five months, six yeah, months, five or six months. Yeah. Which was fun. Uh, and then you were a volunteer coach. And then after I moved out, we keep up pretty regularly. But tell us a little bit about your actual job besides volunteering at gyms coming in where you meet them at 9 p.m. at night. Uh, I think we overlooked one thing. So at the time you lived here, my son was living here. So we shared a room. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yes, yeah. I slept essentially in a corner in your room. And, uh, and when yeah. Kemi was there and then when Kemi wasn't there, I would sleep in his room. And, yes. And to make matters worse, my son, when leaving the condo, if, would say, these are my two dads, which did not help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I can move on now. Um, so yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, I have been in the aviation industry for about 20 years. Um, my role has always been in sales and business development, which obviously has evolved into management, management of process and procedures. Um, right now, I am the vice president of business development, and I work for the largest supplier of ground support equipment in the entire world. Um, so that's nine figures, I, I think we kind of figured out on with regards to our platform. Um, and then my division is a lot smaller than the overall division. The division that I'm the vice president of business development in is going to exceed about uh, $50 million and continue with really good growth. I mean, if anyone wants to go into details, they can private message me or private message Will, but I'm not on here to wave the banner of my companies. I'm on here to share uh, a traditional problem that I see in every single company. And I, I laid it out real simple. I just want to want to share the problem and how people can get through this. Um, and it's a problem and, that- we, And real yeah. quick, Justin, to frame that out for those of you guys that are watching, because if you've never dealt with larger businesses, especially for my entrepreneurs that are on here with smaller businesses, what's interesting about this, and one of the reasons why I asked Justin to come on here, is a lot of these things are, are universal, right? So when you talk about- you know, nine figures and this and, and the overall companies that are doing that, what Justin does uniquely well and better than anybody I've ever seen is he goes into these major companies uh, and he has throughout the entirety of the time that I've known him and he finds what's going on in their sales department and their sales process and they bring him in to grow 20% or more in the next 12 months. If you're in the startup phase and you're in your first three years, that's to be expected. When you reach a certain level of business, 20% growth is really hard to keep going forward. And what Justin yeah. normally gets brought in to do is to look at that and actually identify how do they do that and what does that look like? Uh, and that's a little bit of what he's been so kind to come on here and is, is going to share with you guys. Yeah, and also, I mean, we all want to sort of way whether when this person is speaking you know is he gonna help me or not so let's give an example a real finite example about 
I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, I came into a company. They were 35 years old. And within two years, we had the largest export military sale in the history of the company. That took me about a year and a half to two years to kind of get going. But that's a very big number. It was a lot of uh, money and it was uh, substantial because it was exporting. So it wasn't relying on our domestic market. That company, actually, I, I wound up getting the next company that I went to to buy that company. And then I was given that company to integrate sort of in, you know, there's a lot of people. It wasn't my, just myself, but I integrated that company into a larger company. And while I did that, I was asked, hey, you have to hit a certain amount of numbers because we're selling this company as well. And that happened. And all of those targets were hit. And it really comes down to what we're going to go into today in you know, the root cause analysis of everything is engaging with people. How do we engage with people the best way? And we're going to talk a little bit about that. And we're going to talk a bit about where I'm at right now, this current company that I was just recruited to. I have been working with them for 14 plus years. Um, and they asked me to come in and work on the inside. And that was 90 days ago. Um, and we already have moved the needle on a major aircraft manufacturer. So a domestic, a U.S. aircraft manufacturer, if you could imagine the potential millions that's worth to our company, the company that I'm with had a bit of a failure, had, a, had some over-promised, under-delivered, and we were, we were definitely in a deficit with regards to communicating to them. And now we're, we're healed. And we'll go into that uh, on this call. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? You got asked to be brought into a situation where it was already, um, it wasn't in your advantage. It was something, it wasn't like, Hey, this is already all teed up. We've been working at this for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Uh, and all we need is somebody to come in and close. It's like, no, this was already messed up. Um, how do we fix this? Yeah. And you came in instead of going, it's not fixable, you found a way to create a relationship with somebody. Can you tell us a little bit about how you approach that? Yeah. So let's, I'm going to talk about uh, first, when I was communicating to the existing team, I was misinterpreting their information and not asking enough questions. So I spoke to our CEO and my interpretation was that we were okay, kind of, but we had trouble. And then I, I spoke to the uh the director of the product that they built and delivered and was subsequently returned. And I didn't get, I didn't ask enough questions. I got one red flag from the new account manager and I kind of just put it on the side because I was so motivated to just get rolling with the customer. Um, and then I basically contacted the customer, major airline, and they basically wrote me back. We have, we want nothing to do with you based on everything that happened. And please, you know, just, Go, go work with someone else and call us, you know, in a couple of years. I, I openly shared that with my company, which is not uh, something you just want to wave. Hey, look what I did. This guy was basically telling me, hey, man, you guys suck. And what, we, what do you do? You call in all the different divisions and you have a meeting and you diarize all the actions that happened and you just put it out there and let everybody look at it. And I saw there were 18 actionable items where we didn't hit the mark. And some of those had A, B, C, and D. We don't obviously give that to the customer because when you're dealing in the millions, there could be litigation, right? They could say, well, you negatively impact our, our organization by X amount of dollars and look at this report. We're, we want money. So you can't really release that document. That's internal. But what you do is 
you give that to the now account manager. You have a one-on-one -on -one call with that account manager, not with all the other departments and the CEOs and everybody. And you just say, listen, we're going to engage this customer now. And it's this is how it's going to go. You're the new account manager. We are going to recognize all the mistakes we made. We are going to say, yeah, we made these mistakes and we understand now what you're saying. These are the processes and the procedures that we're investing in to make sure this never happens again. But we're not calling you to get you to be our customer. We're calling you to say we're sorry. We recognize what those problems were. We can never, we'll never do that again. And if you ever want to give us a chance, this is what's in place so that we never impact your business again in a negative way. Then I, I also told this account manager, make that problem with that product my problem. So if we don't have a good discourse where we don't get the customer to join together with us and give us another chance, he, the problem is on me, not you. You're the account manager and we have many other products and services that we can provide. So he'll be okay with you and he can kind of be upset and angry with me because most of the people that he originally engaged with are actually not with the company right now. So the, the old account manager, it was classic problems in an account management situation. The account manager that was managing this project is no longer with the company. So the new account manager wasn't managing this customer and it was a divisional manager was trying to do damage control, but never handed it over to the account manager and obviously a sales. That's an important thing you just mentioned, right? And we yeah. see this all the time in the companies that I'm working with. They go with, they spend an insane amount of money on lead generation. Yeah. They'll call them a couple of times and somebody will be like, hey, I'm not interested. And they'll just be like, okay, I'm done. They don't keep asking questions. And I'm not saying keep calling them. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, but like, hey, why not? Right? Just asking that simple question. What can I you know, yeah. show and demonstrate that we've improved here to take away the things that you're frustrated with is something I see universally people not doing. That is a huge opportunity for them. Yeah. So I think I would like to clarify this then. So the gentleman that told us not to work with him anymore, he runs multiple repair stations for a major airline, like an aircraft manufacturer. This guy is so high up in my industry for him to say, we're done. It, a lot of people would say, we're done. I'm good. Like I can tick that box, let it put it on the shelf and let it cool down for a year. And maybe I'll go back there. But I don't think that when anyone gives you clear objections that they're trying to tell you to get away from them. I think if they're giving you clear objections, they're saying, I want to be heard. So I called him up with my account manager and I said, listen, you said all these things, but it was in an email. And I want to hear it from you. Talk to me, elaborate on the process and share with me your pain that we put you through. Now, that's a scary place to go because you know he's going to get hot and it could go really bad. Um, but I called the guy up and I said, hey, you know, I have 18 points and most of them came from you. It's an internal document. I can't release it, but I want to make sure I have these 18 points right of all the things we did wrong so we never do it again. And he just, he puked. I mean, he puked on me. And he told, me, he told me a lot more about how it messed him up because obviously some of his funds come from another division. So when he had to return our product, he didn't get that budget money back. He had to then re-request it from corporate. And that's a big, you know, he's trying to run an operation. So we stumbled him up a bit and 
at the end of that conversation, I went over all the things he said. So I was listening and then I, I was sharing. I heard what you said and gave him the opportunity to correct me again. And that's a very painful place. Like that's not, there's no redemption yet. But I can tell you this, I would say 90% of the time, if the person on the other line is not in a state where they're in a distress or they're having a bad life, they're gonna say, let's give this person a chance now. I've spoken, they've heard me, they understand me. Let's see if we can at least get to a zero or positive state with this vendor, which we're, we're kind of a vendor. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because it's one of those things that can be really hard to do, which is know that your organization has messed up, especially when now you're in charge of that division. Yeah. And go, hey, we messed up. This is all the things that I heard and that I want to fix, but you're not redeemed. So essentially they're still mad. You know, you're engaging yeah. into a conversation that's going to have friction in it, but it's going to bring something positive and allow you to improve and move forward. Um, and that just goes to show a little bit of your character and your experience to be able to come in and do that with them, uh, which yes. is pretty rare to see. And I think a lot of the entrepreneurs that are watching this, especially if you've been in your business for a while, probably experienced this at some point where you were just trying some stuff out and you chased yeah. the object and you introduced it in your business and it was the wrong thing and you rubbed your old customers the wrong way and, and they were upset or left and you're trying to figure out how to redeem it and what happened to your business. And, and it's such a cool example of how to redeem that long-term for what you do. Yes, and I actually wrote the, the eight steps that I use for everything. It's, it's anything that goes wrong, it always comes down to this recipe to make a cake. And at the end of this, the cake is always acceptable and everybody eats the cake and we move on. So without getting, too granular, I can go over these steps because if someone isn't a startup, they don't have as many mistakes as I've had. I've made so many mistakes. My teams have made so many mistakes that it, you learn from it. It's great. I've boiled it down to how do we fix mistakes as quickly and as smoothly as possible and minimize damage. And damage in the aviation industry can be multi-millions of dollars. I mean, you're, you're talking you know, a, a small private jet is $24 million. So, and obviously a commercial jet is quite a bit more. Yeah, so and guys, I really want you to listen up here because this is something, and this is gonna be the meat of the interview and your takeaways. Even if you're a one-man salesperson or sales um, team, or you have somebody that kind of helps out, if you come in and you ask these questions and you use these frameworks, you will become better at sales and your company will grow. And um, so I, I, in order to have this conversation, which I have learned from Will over the years is how do you dial it down and just make it simple? Because we were teaching CrossFit and you could have a soccer mom or you could have somebody going into selection in front of you. And how does everybody get the information? So I, I have six cue cards. Um, my first cue card is just like a background on, on it. So we know that um, prior to my arrival, we, have, we had an over-promised, under-delivered product, um, and then there was a major communication breakdown, and we lost an account manager in that time, and the lines of communication internally in our company broke down, but the customer, all he was experiencing or they were experiencing was pain. So when I picked up this baton, 
all I had was a lot of pain and I needed to mitigate that to try to at least get neutral. So I have a, a quick eight step program that I did. So the first thing that I, you do is an internal meeting and you get everybody that touched this account or is touching this account in one room and you got to hear everybody's story of what happened because individual departments will see the customer as having a very minor problem. It, well, our department only did this and my department only did that. But when you put them all together, the customer experience is either on or it's below par or you're exceeding. In this case, we were under par on many things. And when you put it all together, because I did an 18 point report, everybody was like, whoa, that is a lot. But not one, no one department saw that. And the new account manager never got briefed. So even if all the other departments didn't care, the new account manager was like, oh my God, Justin, this is so great. I now can go forward. So, so this did, is analysis. This is discovery phase. Yeah, discovery phase. So we, I did that. I had that meeting. The second thing is um, you, all contact has to be broken. Nobody calls the customer. If you have some engineer in some division that kind of knows somebody in the company and is like, oh, can you help me? I have a question. We don't have sweat equity. You don't call anybody. The account manager is the primary point and maybe a vice president or a CEO. That's it. Shut down all contact because anything is going to be perceived as they're taking more. We have to get into a positive situation. So that's the second thing. All contact gets broken. One person is managing the account and someone at their level or above is support because you always want to have show multidimensional support when you reach out to the customer. So, so it sounds like exactly who am I talking to? Do I have a relationship with them? How do they communicate with me? And then if something falls through with them, is there somebody else I can go to? Yes. From the customer standpoint, you're 100% correct. Um, okay. Then you have to take the account manager away from everyone and get them to relax because this represents a lot of money to them. And sometimes when you're looking at an aircraft manufacturer, you know that that could majorly impact your trajectory and your career. So you have to have a heart to heart with them and talk to them about the meeting. And what you're going to do is say, I'm going to be the sacrificial lamb. If this goes so bad and this guy hates us and wants to you know, curse us out, it, put it all on my shoulders. You're the account manager. We have other products. We have other products that that organization is buying and everything's going well. Associate this problem with me, not you. So you can be showing up and saying, hey, we got that wrong. You know, yeah, Justin's working on it. Let's just leave them alone for now. But by the way, this is all the other things because this organization uh, buys a couple of hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff from us. But from our competition, they're buying a couple of million dollars worth of stuff. So think about that. So that's you get the account manager. The next thing is um, assign the account management to the account manager, like make sure you have one person and that person's been in the company for a while and they're going to be there and they are now going to hold this customer. So I don't know how clear that is, but that's really important. And you can't micromanage that guy. You got to let that guy have his account. The next thing is assign uh, the product fulfillment failure to yourself, which I've already said, but I, that's, it's my fifth thing. So own it. So I, when you call that guy, say, look, I wasn't here at the time but I take full responsibility for that failure. I recognize these are the things that went wrong and we are internally fixing those processes. Obviously with us, we're ISO, you know, there's a lot of internal processes that we can do to fix that. And then the next thing is the sixth thing, which is, this is it. It's go time. So you tell the entire company, you're calling the customer. 
Just you got to put it out there. Even if you're going to fail, let everyone know you're not afraid to fail. You call the customer. And the first thing you do is you say, listen, I am not calling you because I want you to buy anything from us ever again. What I'm calling you for is human to human, we failed you and you're upset. And I want to hear from you so that I understand what you really went through. Because an email, hey, we don't want to work with you, doesn't tell me the whole story. Why don't you, could you take the time to paint the whole story? And if you're too busy, just tell me you can't talk and we can hang up. If you want me to fly out, I can be in your facility any time within 48 hours. So that's, that's, a, that's investment. This guy sees that you're invested in making this work. Is that clear? Yeah, so what's cool about this process is it's not only how to get your new customer, it's how to address what you're doing and then how to create a long-term relationship where they know you're invested. Yes, 100%. So now we call the customer and uh, let's just use Bill as a name. It's not, hi, Bill. This is Justin. I'm the vice president you know, of business development. And we have Seth, which you haven't been officially introduced to as your new account manager. Now that paints a story. This guy is hearing that a vice president and an account manager together are calling to see and hear what he has to say. No one's hanging up the phone on that call. They're going to give you the time. So now the guy goes hot. Yeah, Justin, this is what happened. This is how I you know, lost time and money and I'm not doing, I can't believe this and I can't believe that. And you don't say anything. Don't be defensive. Don't admit it. Don't not just let the guy purge. If you have a chance to interject, like I, I can't curse because it's Facebook, but we, we curse in our industry. And you could say, oh, damn, that is, oh my God. I, oh, I wouldn't want to be in that meeting. And then, and you can empathize and, and say, man, that's hot. And then, you know, obviously that person has to report to people. He made a choice and it didn't go right and he has to report. So now you can say to him, wow, that must have got you in hot water with your superiors. And they'll go, yeah, that's right. And you, you feel like it's counterintuitive to say, yeah, we sucked at that. We caused you pain and we caused you pain with your career. But it, it's being a human being. If you can admit that and without getting too, you know, because obviously there's thousands of dollars that are associated with this. You know, you got to be careful. But at the end of that, he, he purged everything. And then where do we go? I say, okay, well, this is what I heard. And I don't want to belabor it, but I went through all the things he said. And you, you throw a little joke. You got to be really careful with the joke. You got to have really good con connection. But you might throw a joke in like, yeah, we couldn't wrap a box in this situation. Like, and it's just, and anyone's going to laugh, which lightens it. And say, hey, did I get did I get that right? We're start so now when you say, did I get that right? Believe it or not, the, that person will feel like they're starting from scratch with your organization. That you're you're not gonna go back to that issue. So, what in during his times of communications, he uh, was a little bit negative about the product itself, and he had a misperception about the product. And I said to him every time, I said, look, I'm not calling to sell you and I don't want this to feel like sales, but I want you to know that that's not a truth anymore in our organization. And I could tell you how we changed it, but I don't want to be into the sales mode. I don't want you to hear, oh, the engineering department did A, B, and C, because then it's like I'm, I'm not being truthful, which was to call you to get connected with you and make the, the past problem resolved. 
And every time the guy would say, what are you talking about? And I'd say, well, uh, for example, we have a soft start package now. So your voltage isn't getting drawn and that your, your facility can handle this size of motor. And he was like, oh. And at the end, he was asking me, well, where are you with the product? How many have you sold? Who's got them? And he was basically saying, hey, I want to know about this. I, want, I don't want to be left behind with regards to my understanding of new technology and a new product in, in a very advancing industry, which is aviation. So what did I do at that point? I said, look, we don't want to disturb your operations. Your, your senior man that is the evaluator for equipment, if he can fly to our next demo, I, he can come in and I'll shut the entire demo down at a, at a major FBO. So we have a fixed-based operator. This is where private jets land. And we're doing a demo there for a week. I said, if your guy comes to our demo, which is expensive and time-consuming, I will block a private time for him that he can come and tear apart the machine, put it back together, and experience it personally, one-on-one -on -one with me, and bail. And he doesn't – no sales, just – take a look at it. And he, he said, the, the response was, let me know with, when it's near me, which is basically when it's on the West Coast, because we're in aviation, right? I mean, 200 miles is near to anyone in the aviation industry. So we went from the a beginning, I don't have to retail, you know, go over all that, to I'm ready to actually see it. And thank you. And that, that was how we ended um, this. Yeah. And the coolest thing about this for me um, a lot of times, especially business owners, you're wearing all the hats, right? You don't get to dive in on this particular piece as much as you would probably like to, unless it's it's your unique genius as sales. But this is all you do and not a single piece in there. Um, and I've got the good fortune of knowing you for so long. Was there ever this is worth X amount of dollars to us? It's this is a relationship. This is a human being that we screwed up with. And how do I actually present this in such a way that we can try to repair that because that matters. And I think that's, it's the overarching theme. I think of a lot of, uh, and I've seen you do this outside of just your professional relationships. I've seen you do this with everybody we would meet in Ann Arbor. Um, you would always try to get to know them. If they had something like that, that popped up, that was an immediate thing where like, Oh, I can't do this. Or um, I remember we were in that little, Irish bar downtown. We're not really drinkers, but we headed down there like one night. We're like, ah, let's get the heck out of this condo. So we headed down there and then yeah. our bartender turned out he was the owner and he was having issues and we were hitting him from both angles, but you were really kind of like dialing in on what his problem was, not because it was a thing that would advance your career, but it's because it's who you are and because relationships matter. And guys, sales is relationships. This framework. Hope oh, you're all right, brother. Yeah, I'm good. I, my headset got stuck, but I mean. But this this framework that Justin went over is relationships. It is how to do that. Um, so uh, please go back. Yeah, that is the shock. I forgot he gave us those that night. Yep. Um, but but that is what it a great sales is. It's not a dollar amount. It's not an average client value. Your business model has to work, otherwise you won't stay in business. But what it really is, is it's creating relationships because they matter and because you have the right fit for them, whether it makes you money or it doesn't make you money. And that's what I think Justin does better than anybody else I know. Yeah, I, I totally agree, 100%. I mean, we're, we're in the business of making money, but 
the, the root of any growth and any long-term impact to your industry and, and stability is having the heart of service. How can I serve my industry and how can I serve my customers? And I actually have, I wrapped this all up on one card that I, this is basically how I conduct every meeting, every conversation, every email is all right here. And it's worked for me. So I thought I would just share that. Which is awesome. And thank you for sharing. And if you guys didn't catch that, simplicity wins every time. The more complex your business is, the more you simplify what it is that makes it work and work well, the better off you will be and the more successful you will be long term. And that's how Justin can come into nine figure businesses and still help them grow inside of a very short amount of time. So, yeah. Justin, I thank you, brother, for, for coming on here today, for sharing the story. Um, if anybody has any questions or if they want to get a hold of you, how would you like them to reach out to you? Or do you want them to reach out directly to me? Uh, they can reach out to you. And then, um, you know, they if they have any I can answer that. And then if you wanted to, I could, I could explain these three questions that are the root cause analysis of like how I fix everything. Or yeah. If you are willing to share your discovery process, that is huge. So yeah. absolutely. So if, if anybody that's an entrepreneur here hired me, um, which I'm not looking to be hired, but I would use this and your company would grow. So, and I wrote this after I just worked out. So it's maybe not eloquent, but there's an overlapping lesson to improving customer relations, increased market share, and growth, because that's what I do. So um, in any company, in anything you do, it doesn't matter what the product is, because my, my family were like first and second generation immigrants from Europe. So they were doing construction and, and all that. They were entrepreneurs, and they were doing um, what a lot of the entrepreneurs here are doing. So there are three questions. That's it, that you should write down. Have it on a sticky note. The first question is, everyone in your organization should know this. How does my customer do business? If you're talking to the sales guys or the account manager and they do not know how their customer does business, do not call the customer. Because the customer doesn't need to invest in your business teaching you how you're going to help them. They don't want that. So that's the first question. The second question is really important is, what is the decision maker's primary objective? You may have the best product in the world, but if that decision maker's primary objective is to be safe and not get fired from purchasing something they never purchased before, you have to address that. Or you're, It doesn't matter if you have the best price and the best lead time. They're not going to buy from you because they don't want to get fired for making a... So you have to find out what are their primary markers. And that's tough. You can't be direct to somebody that's a purchasing agent on that because they're going to hold that to their, their cards. You got to have some rapport. So with those two questions, so basically each of these questions are the root of the final question. How can I help my customer best? You have to say before you engage with the customer, I know how they do business. I know the industry that they're in. And I know what I provide to assist them and assist the industry. And you, should, you better have examples of how you've helped other people in the industry when you talk to that person because they want, that's, that's going to be the flags to pay more attention. And that's it. That, in a nutshell, that is how in the last, what, seven years we sold a $15 million company, an $85 million company, um, a $35 million company. It all started with walking in the door 
and getting this into the sales team and into the higher management so that higher management is always asking these questions to the sales team. Hey, what does your customer do? How do they do it? Well, how, do, how are we helping them? How are we going to help them? Okay, go tell them that. That's all yeah, I got. Yeah, I want to clarify that. So the, the businesses that got sold, those were all different businesses. Those weren't different departments or under the company that Justin's in right now. He actually came into those businesses, grew those sales, and because of that, they were positioned in a really unique way to sell. If you guys have ever sold a business, a lot of it is based on, depends on the industry, but 12 to 18 to 24 to 36 months, what your sales have been up to that point and are you growing or are you shrinking? And that's, those are the three questions Justin asked when he comes in to grow those exponentially. So Justin, thank you so much, man, for coming on and for sharing yeah. that. Anytime. Thank you. It's good to be on here. And uh, I, I really look forward to all of your posts. Awesome. Thanks, brother. And if you guys have any questions, go back, listen to those three questions, listen to Justin's frameworks. And then if you have any questions, you can post it down here, tag me, tag Justin, shoot me a message, and then we'll uh, get back to you. Thanks. All brother. right. Yeah. Thank you. Out.